Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. If you're listening to this episode right when it comes out, Tiffany and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And if not, if you're listening on a day that isn't Christmas, you are still in for a treat. Today on the show, we present to you an original radio play for your enjoyment. Now, you may have heard of the old-time radio drama The War of the Worlds, starring Orson Welles. It's arguably one of the most famous old-time radio dramas that was ever made. It originally aired 85 years ago, on October 30th. And if you haven't heard it, it was a play about an alien invasion happening in the United States, based on a book written by H.G. Wells. And it was so well performed that it terrified people across the entire United States. People who thought that what they were hearing on the radio was actually happening. The radio play was so convincing and so real because they told the story with what seemed like a series of news reports and first-hand accounts from the ground. So listeners felt like they were hearing an actual alien invasion as it was happening in real time. And many of those scared people called their telephone operator to try to get some information about what was happening where they were. And those operators... The people who took all those frightened phone calls are the stars of today's play. The play you are about to hear is a very imaginative take on what it might have been to live through one of the most successful hoaxes in history. The play was written and directed by Matthew P. Warner and features a cast of 25 people. It took three months to edit, five pieces of original music written for it, and 138 original sound effects. And just to add to the listening fun, as you listen in, you can see if you can identify my voice in the mix of the actors. There are lots of different frightened callers who are asking and looking for help. Maybe you can tell which one of them, or am I more than one of them? Hmm... Matthew Warner says if you can identify one of my lines, he will send you a free original poster that advertises the play. That'll go to the first five people who successfully identify a line that I say in this production. So if you hear me, send an email to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com and tell me roughly what I said. And now, let's get the show underway. The play is called Operator. I found it to be an imaginative and delightful adventure, and I hope you do too. I can't think of a better way to close this hour of classics from the swing and big band era than that piece right there. Stardust, from Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra. Beautifully sung, of course by Old Blue Eyes himself. That's right, a very young Frank Sinatra, bringing you the very best of the 1930s and 40s. This is Rebecca Randall here on AIP AM 77. Up next, another uninterrupted hour of timeless classics. But first, a short break with a few happenings around the Big Apple 
and other surrounding areas. The current time is 11.45 a.m. on this chilly October 1st. Temperatures are sitting around 45 degrees. <sighs> Sounding good today, Rebecca. A high of 50 today. No rain in sight at this moment. Hey, we just about ready? We've been ready. Where have you been? I did her sound check 15 minutes ago. Uh, I was detained by the program director. He had a million questions. My apologies. You owe her one as well. And that is exactly why you are my producer. You always know what's best. Now, if you'll please make your way to the booth, I will work my magic. I'll signal you once we are ready to begin recording. As you wish, my lord. Hi, uh, Faye, Jack Ellis. We spoke on the phone a few weeks back. Oh, yes. I remember. Hello. Thank you so much for your patience. I must apologize for my being late. Has Robin been taking good care of you? Oh, yes. She's been lovely. <laughs> yeah, isn't she the best? We are just about to get started, but I wanted to make sure you were all good before we do. Thank you. I'm just fine. Wonderful. So, I'm not sure how much Robin has told you about what we are doing, so if I repeat anything she's already said, I apologize in advance. Very well. So, the powers that be here at AIP AM77 have granted us a monthly segment that we call Yesteryear Today. So, what we do is we take a moment in history, some major, some minor ones that we find interesting, and talk about what happened. If there is anyone who was a witness and still living, we interview them, hear their story, mix it all together with some music, narration, sometimes some sound effects, and then we air it on the actual anniversary date in which the event took place. Make sense? Yes. So, that's why we asked you to come in today, so we can hear about your experience for this month's segment. It's pretty straightforward how we do this. I may ask you a few questions that come to mind, but... Really just want to hear what you remember about that night. Sound simple? I think so. Fantastic. I think we are all set. Yep, Robin is giving me the thumbs up. So let's... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm such a terrible host. Did we offer you anything to drink while you waited? And if not, would you like anything before we begin? No, I really am fine. Okay, then. Whenever you're ready, Robin... And there's the recording light. We are rolling. Um, oh, real quick, if you don't like your answer to a question or want to start something over again, please go right ahead. We can clean everything up after in post. Okay? Okay. Great. Now, as you know, the end of this month will mark the 60-year anniversary of that night. What goes through your mind when you hear that? 60 years. I can't believe it's been that long. Hmm. Yeah, it has been a long time. Uh, do you still feel you remember that night pretty well? Oh, yes. Very well. Really? <laughs> I have to admit, I have difficulty remembering things that happened two days ago. So for you to be able to recall things that far back is very impressive. Well, like any great trauma in one's own personal experience... It does not fade from memory. So, when you look back at that night, is that the word that comes to mind? Trauma? I, I'm sorry. I, I don't... Sorry. That was confusing. What I'm asking is, 
If you had to pick one word to describe the night of October 30th, 1938, the night that Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the Air performed the War of the Worlds, causing mass hysteria across the United States, what would that one word be? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not sure, really. I, I guess I would have to say chaos. Your call, please. What number would you like me to dial? Please, ma'am. I'm having difficulty understanding you. What did you say? I'm sorry. I can't hear you with all that noise. Could you speak up, please? I'm sorry. That line's busy. The police? Please hold. All lines are busy. I'm sorry. Please try back later. What? Well, I don't know. We haven't heard anything over here. Are you sure? Please talk louder. Your call, please. 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 What number would you like me to dial? 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 Miss Rogers. Miss Rogers. Miss Rogers. Huh? There, there, my dear. Are you all right? What? What? Oh, yes, I... I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. That's quite all right, my dear. Here, be a good girl and drink some water. Thank you. That's it. How are you now? Oh, much better. Thank you. That's fine. Now I need you to listen to me, young lady. Yes? I have no idea what exactly you think you heard over the radio or what is actually going on outside of this building, but we have a job to do. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. I cannot make you stay, Miss Rogers. As you can see, several of the girls have left already, leaving only a few of us to mind the calls. Oh. Yes, I see. I badly need your help, Miss Rogers. It is our duty to answer these lines to keep people calm and to give them as much information as we can as to what is happening. To give them hope, if possible. To be their friend. Do you understand? Yes, Mrs. Taylor. If nothing else, and if what you say you heard is true, we need to do our very best to help people get in touch with their loved ones. One last time. Yes, you're right. I understand. I assure you, Miss Rogers, This is not a typical night on the switchboard, and I know you don't have the experience yet to fully help, but I am desperate. Can I depend on you, Miss Rogers? Yes, of course. I'm all right now. Good girl. Mr. Wilcox is monitoring the radio in the break room, and Agnes will update us every chance she gets. In the meantime, I need you to take a moment to collect yourself. Take a deep breath. Clear your head, and once ready, get back on that switchboard and do whatever you can to assist. Do you understand? I understand, Mrs. Taylor. That's a fine girl. Now go on, and I'll be sitting right over there answering calls if you need me. Mm 
Chaos. That's a good word. Don't hear that word a lot. Yes. I think that's the one word I'd use to describe that night. I do have two questions based on something you just said. Yes? You said that Mrs. Taylor? Mm-hmm. That she said to you, it wasn't a typical night on the switchboard, correct? That's correct. That statement tells me that you hadn't been working there very long, otherwise you would have known that. Is that correct to assume? Yes. Also, the way she seemed to speak to you sounds so, um, nurturing. Like the way a mother would speak to her child. Is that also correct? I suppose, yes. So, my first question is, how old were you when this happened? I was fresh out of high school, so... 18. 18? I I mean, I knew you had to have been young, but... Eighteen? How old did you think I was back then? I don't know, really, but I would have guessed that you were in your twenties at least. That would put me well into my eighties, young man. I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) Of course not. Still, to be so young and working a job that required so many moving parts and knowledge of a system, that must have been overwhelming. Well, you see, there were not a lot of job opportunities for young women back then. It was quite common that after high school, young ladies either went to college or got a job with the telephone company. Lots of families were still dealing with the Depression back then, and my father could not afford to send me to college. So, I decided to work to help the family and save some money so I could hopefully attend the following year. I see. You are correct, however. It was very overwhelming, especially when starting a job for the first time in one's life. It was a lot to learn. So that brings me to my second question. How long had you been working for the telephone company when the broadcast happened? Uh Uh-huh. It was my first day. What? No way, you're joking. No, I am very serious. It was my first day as a telephone operator. I I don't even know what to say right now. I mean, look at Robin's face over in the booth. She's just as shocked as I am. 18 years old and your first day on the job when all this unfolded? Wow, what a first day of work story. That would be a hard one to top. Oh, I tend to agree. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Okay, my brain is... Overloading with questions. So, if you could, 
Take us through that entire first day from start to finish. Well, back then, telephone operators would train in the evenings because there were less phone calls coming through to the switchboards, so we had more time to practice. My first shift was to start at 6 p.m. and end around 9. My father was so excited that I was working, he even let me use his car to drive to work. I remember he insisted that I get there early. Made a good impression, he'd say. So, at precisely a quarter to six that evening, I walked through the door and to the front desk. How can I help you? Yes, good evening. I'm reporting for my first day of work. Oh, how wonderful. Your name, please. Faye Rogers. Let me see. Faye Ro... Oh, yes, I have your file right here. I see you have your application with you. Would you like a pen? No, I already filled it out. May I? Please. Yes. Oh, that's fine. Everything looks good. I'm going to put this in your file and have you take it over to Mr. Wilcox. He'll make sure you have everything you need to get started. Mr. Wilcox? Why, yes. He's our boss and runs the central office. You'll find him down the hall and through those double doors. You can't miss him. He'll be the one with his nose deep in the racing forms. Oh, I see. Well, thank you very much for your help, Miss... Grant, but everyone calls me Agnes. Nice to meet you, Miss Grant. I, I mean, Agnes. I suppose I better get this over to Mr. Wilcox. Good luck, Miss Rogers. I'm sure you'll do great. Oh, and welcome to the Trenton Bell Telephone Company. Mr. Wilcox? Hmm? What? Yes, can I help you? I'm Faye Rogers, Mr. Wilcox. No, you don't say. Well, congratulations. What about it? You hired me, Mr. Wilcox, to be your new telephone operator. Today's my first day. Uh, Agnes told me to bring you this folder. Agnes? Um, Miss Grant, at the front desk, sir. Oh, yes, yes. I uh, heard you were to be a promising addition to the team, yes. Well, I hope to be. I promise to do my very best. Yes, yes, I'm sure you will be. Up uh, the folder. Oh, yes, right here. Let's see. Yes, I see you passed your reading test and physical exam with flying colors. That's good. Yes, yes. Here's your application. Yes, that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, Mrs. Taylor... Confound it. Where is that woman? Mrs. Taylor! I heard you the first time, Mr. Wilcox. My heels will only carry me so fast, you know. What? Oh, oh, yes, of course. My my apologies. Uh, this is, um, what was your name again? Faye Rogers. Yes. Roger. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Taylor. 
How do you do? Mrs. Taylor will be your chief operator in the control room and can show you all the ropes. If you have any questions, be sure to direct them to her. Understand? Yes, sir. Good. I leave Miss... Rogers. Miss Rogers in your very capable hands, Mrs. Taylor. Uh, thank you. That will be all, ladies. Now, where was it? Right this way, Miss Rogers. Thank you. Well, he's quite the character, isn't he? Who, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, yes. A regular charmer, that one. (laughs) He's not so bad, really. A big old softy, to be honest. A little word of advice, though. If you are scheduled the Sunday evening shift, I highly recommend you stay away from him starting at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Yes. That's when he likes to tune into the Chase and Sandboard program on NBC. It's his favorite show, and he does not like to be disturbed while tuning in. That is, unless you can catch him during the musical interludes. He doesn't care for them as much, and tends to change the station to see what else is airing. I see. But I warn you, proceed with caution. (laughs) Thanks for the advice. The room we just left was the break room. I'm sure you figured as much. Over here is our locker room. You will be assigned a locker to store your personal effects. You will also be assigned a telephone set. You should keep that in your locker whenever not in use. Never leave your set at your station when you are away. Understand? A telephone set? Yes. It's the headset and microphone you'll wear every shift so you can communicate with the subscribers who call. I see. I'll make sure to never leave them unattended. That's fine. This way, through these doors, we enter the switchboard room. That's how my evening started. It was as if I had entered a whole new world. So many faces and names to memorize. So many different rooms in the building to remember their location. And the switchboard room? Oh boy, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Really? Oh yes. I worked at the central office, so our switchboard was the length of an entire city block. Wow! That's incredible. It really was. Oh, and all the functions I had to learn. The lever keys, front cords, rear cords, cord circuits, talk keys, front lamps, trunk lines, on and on and on. It was so overwhelming. Sounds like it. I must say, after so many years, you still being able to identify the switches and names to the components is very impressive. Oh, thank you. I can still remember my station number at the switchboard, even. Oh, yeah? What was it? Station number 23. I am impressed, Faye. So, after you get settled in and learn the basics, did you just start taking calls? Uh, How did that work? Oh, no. Usually, a new operator would work with an instructor to learn the switchboard functions and then answer practice calls. Practice calls? Yes. The instructor would sit at a desk behind the operator and would call specific lines to emulate calls. That way, we could get used to cord placement and switch functions. Was that difficult? The first few times, yes. But then I began doing rather well. Mrs. Taylor even told me that my technique was splendid. 
and I was one of the quickest learners she had ever seen. So, Mrs. Taylor was the instructor and the chief operator? Normally, no. But that night, the instructor was out ill, so Mrs. Taylor filled in to help. Gotcha. Okay, so, so you're learning the switchboard and doing some practice calls. When did you first notice something was off? What do you mean? Being my first day on the job, everything seemed off. <laughs> of course. What I mean is, the War of the Worlds broadcast began at 8 o'clock that evening. When do you remember things being affected because of it? Oh, I would have to say I probably noticed things began to change a bit after my break. Yes, it definitely began after that. I remember I was in the break room and needed to be back at my station by 8.05. I had just finished cleaning my cup. Hmm, let's see we got... Oh, musical interludes again. Reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas hmm? occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving toward the Earth at an Your call, please. That's fine. Thank you, Agnes. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. Oh, back so soon? Yes. You told me to be back in ten minutes due to my short shift. That's right. I had forgotten your shift was so short. I hope you had enough time to eat something at least. No. Only time for a quick cup of tea. Oh, dear. That's all right, then. Mother and father are waiting to have a late supper with me when I get home so they can hear all about my first day. Oh, how nice. Well, if you'd like to take your seat, put your headset back on and plug in, we can continue practicing. Very well. While you were on break, I had to switch your station from practice mode to active so I could help assist with a few calls. We are a little short-staffed this evening for the volume of calls coming in. I'll have it switched back in a jiffy. Mrs. Taylor? Huh? Oh, dear. Pardon me, Miss Rogers. I will be back in a moment, and we will begin. All right. Oh, uh... Well, are you just going to stare at it or answer it? I don't think I'm supposed to answer calls yet. It's only my first day. Suit yourself. That light won't stop blinking until you answer. Or they disconnect. Where is Mrs. Taylor? I I suppose it wouldn't hurt. Um, Your call, please. Operator, I've been dialing Murray Hill 70093 now for the last three quarters of an hour, and the line is always busy. I don't see how it could be busy for that long. Would you try it for me, please? I will be glad to try that number for you. One moment, please. Uh, oh, ringing Murray Hill 70093. I'm sorry, Murray Hill 70093 is busy. 
Please try back again later. Goodbye. See? It's not so bad. <laughs> I was so nervous. Give it time. You'll get used to it. I'm sure I will. Your call, please. Oh, here's another one. Where has Mrs. Taylor gone? Oh, well. Your call, please. I'm sorry, sir. Can you repeat that? The observatory at Princeton? Oh, I... Uh, please hold the line while I search for that number. How do I find... Here. What's this? The number you wanted. Oh, thank you. Thank you for waiting. The number for the observatory at Princeton is University 22709. Would you like me to connect you? Very well. Goodbye. <sighs> Here, your paper. Thank you, Miss... Just call me Grace. You're welcome. How did you happen to have that number for me so fast? It's simple when you already have it written down. You did? Yeah, someone called for the same number just a moment ago. Really? Isn't that a little odd? What? That two different people would call for that same number? What's odd about it? Happens all the time. We receive a lot of phone calls for the observatory at Princeton all the time? Now that you mention it, no. I guess that is kind of strange. What's strange? We both just got calls for the number two... Where was it again? The observatory at Princeton. Something real important must be happening over there, I suppose. What makes you say that? I've had two calls requesting that number. Your call, please. What do you make of that? I don't know. I do know we need to answer these calls. Your call, please. Oh, this is the operator. Please hold. Hello, this is the operator. Please hold a moment. This is the operator. Can you please hold a moment? Thank you. Thank you for holding. Your call, please. I'll be glad to ring that number for you. Ringing Glen Court 45144. Thank you. Thank you for holding. Your call, please. I beg your pardon, sir? I'm afraid I'm not aware of any strange happenings in the area. Where? Grover's Mill? Can you please say that again? No, I'm sorry. I haven't heard anything about an earthquake on the farm in Grover's Mill. I'd be happy to put you on hold to see if I can find anything out for you. I'm what? Hello? Sir? Hello? Has everyone gone crazy? It's never this busy on a Sunday night. I wonder. I just had the strangest call. I know what you mean. People are asking me the craziest things. Like what? Mostly about some world-famous astronomer and the planet Mars. I don't know. Mars? Yeah, and lots of questions about some farm nearby. Grover's Mill? Well, how'd you know that? I just got one of those a few moments ago. Something about an earthquake. Earthquake? I'm being asked for information about a crash that happened out there. A crash? Yeah, from the sky, apparently. Could these all be crank calls? <laughs> Honey, Halloween is tomorrow night. Oh, here's another one. Operator, will you please hold? 
Oh. Your call, please. The police department Grover's Mill? One moment, please. Ringing the police department Grover's Mill. I'm sorry, the police department lines are busy. Please try back in 20 minutes or you can call them directly. Would you like the number? Just one moment. It's mutual. Two, eight, eight, three, three. Goodbye. Oh dear. Uh, operator, can you please hold a mo- What's that? Uh, uh, no ma'am, we haven't received any news reports from Grover's Mill. I'm afraid I don't have the slightest idea of what is happening over there, or how anyone is getting their information. What? Oh, the radio, of course. The only thing I heard from one caller is there was an earthquake or crash of some sort on the field over there. I also heard something about an astronomer, but I'm afraid I don't... What was that? Not an earthquake. A meteorite? Faye. It did? Landed in the field? Faye. I'm sorry, did you say they're reporting that the meteorite seems to be moving? Faye! I'm so sorry, ma'am. I need to put you on hold for just a moment. Uh, don't hang up. Thank you. Yes? Go find Mrs. Taylor. Is everything all right? Look. Has that ever happened before? Never. Go find Mrs. Taylor at once, do you hear? Right away. I'm sure there's some explanation. Excuse me, Mrs. Taylor. I'm not sure why calls are dropping. That's your job to figure it out. We'll see that you do. Goodbye. Uh, uh, Mrs. Taylor. Yes, yes. Sorry to keep you waiting, Miss Rogers. I had to ring up our telephone technician. Calls are dropping and I would like an explanation. Mrs. Taylor. Yes, Miss Rogers. Well, what is it? Why do you look at me like that? Look! The switchboard! Well, what about? How long has it been like this? A few minutes. I'm not sure. Every single light is blinking. This is impossible. Uh, what do we do? Go get Mr. Wilcox and tell him to come immediately. Go! Uh, yes! <gasps> Mr. Wilcox? Mr. Wilcox? But Mr. Wilcox! No, no, I... Something's happening and I'm trying to listen. Uh, Mrs. Taylor said you were to go to the switchboard room at once, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, seem to be under attack. Or, or, or Nazis, perhaps. I, I, I can't be sure. Mr. Wilcox, please. Every light on the switchboard is lit. Uh, what? What? What did you say? 
Every light on the switchboard is lit. It's absolute mayhem in there. Mrs. Taylor says she needs to see you at once. Blasted, I... Okay, listen to me carefully, kid. While I'm gone, I need you to stay right here and listen to what's happening. Do you understand? Yes, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, good. I'll be quick. Uh, ears glued, understood? Uh, yes, sir. Of all the times to have a malfunction. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Huh? Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumptions that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. 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 What happened? I don't know. Quick, grab a chair for her. What's wrong with her? I'm not sure. I was walking through the break room, returning to my desk, when I saw her standing there. All trance-like, just staring at the radio. The radio? Yes, sir. Sit her down. Uh, did, did she say anything about what she heard? No, Mr. Wilcox. Did you hear anything over the radio? Nothing, I'm afraid. You mean to tell me... I... Uh, Mr. Wilcox... Could you be so kind as to get her some water? Water? Oh, yes, of course. Water him, yes. Move! I swear that man is going to be the death of me. I'm sorry, Mrs. Taylor. I didn't know what to do. Her face looked so terrified. You did just fine, my dear. No need to apologize. Now, to see if we can get her out of this trance and find out what happened. Here, the water. uh, Has she said anything? Nothing yet. I wonder what happened to make her react so. Everyone, please. Miss Rogers. Miss Rogers. Miss Rogers. Huh? There, there, my dear. Are you all right? What? What? Oh, yes, I... I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. That's quite all right, my dear. Here. Be a good girl and drink some water. Thank you. That's it. How are you now? Oh, much better. Thank you. What happened? What did you hear on the radio? What's going on over there? Please, Mr. Wilcox. Go on, my dear. I... I'm trying to remember. Take your time. I sent you to find Mr. Wilcox. Do you remember? Yes, And I did what you told me. He told me to wait in the break room and listen to what was happening over the radio. Yes? What did you hear? Mr. Wilcox, please. Continue. Mr. Wilcox left the room, and that's when I heard the news bulletin. What did you hear? He said that there had been an attack on a farm over at Grover's Mill. Grover's Mill? Let's not panic, everyone. What kind of attack? 
Nazis? No. He said... Uh, um... Well? Go on, my dear. It was an attack from... Outer space. What? Outer space? Outer space? What are you talking about? Ladies, please. Get back to the switchboard and answer those lines. Outer space? Are you sure? It can't be. You must have heard it wrong. I didn't, I swear. He said the invaders were from the planet Mars. No. Im- impossible. Mars? Oh, what are we gonna do? Grover's Mill is only 12 miles from here. We have to leave. Gotta get home. My mother will be so worried! Let's stay calm, ladies. Stay calm? Are you out of your mind? We're under attack from beings from another planet and you said to be- Mr. Wilcox! Perhaps it would be best if you return to the break room and tune in to the radio. That way we can learn more about what is happening and better inform our callers. What? Oh, yes, uh, the radio, I... Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll go tune in and see what's happening. Uh, yes, uh, the radio. Right away. Now, Miss Grant, if you would be so kind. I need you to make your way back to the front office and see if you notice anything happening outside in the streets. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. Once you've seen that the coast is clear, I want you to lock the front doors, turn out all the lights, and then make your way to the break room. Whatever Mr. Wilcox tells you, come report it back to us. Understand? Yes, of of course, Mrs. Taylor. Whatever you do, make sure you're not seen for heaven's sake. Be careful. Yell out the first sign of danger. All right. Good. Off with you. How are you feeling, Miss Rogers? All right, I I guess. That's fine. Now I need you to listen to me, young lady. Yes? I have no idea what exactly you think you heard over the radio or what is actually going on outside of this building, but we have a job to do. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. I cannot make you stay, Miss Rogers. As you can see, several of the girls have left already, leaving only a few of us to mind the calls. Oh. Yes, I see. I badly need your help, Miss Rogers. It is our duty to answer these lines, to keep people calm, and to give them as much information as we can as to what is happening. To give them hope, if possible. To be their friend. Do you understand? Yes, Mrs. Taylor. If nothing else, and if what you say you heard is true, we need to do our very best to help people get in touch with their loved ones. One last time. Yes, you're right. I understand. I assure you, Miss Rogers, this is not a typical night on the switchboard. And I know you don't have the experience yet to fully help, but I am desperate. Can I depend on you, Miss Rogers? Yes, of course. I'm all right now. Good girl. Mr. Wilcox is monitoring the radio in the break room, and Agnes will update us every chance she gets. In the meantime, I need you to take a moment to collect yourself. Take a deep breath, clear your head, and once ready, get back on that switchboard and do whatever you can to assist. Do you understand? I understand, Mrs. Taylor. That's a fine girl. Now go on, and I'll be sitting right over there answering calls if you need me. Mrs. Taylor! 
Oh, now what is it? Mrs. Taylor! It's Mr. Wilcox! Yes? Well, what about him? He's gone! Gone? Are you sure? Yes, I did as you told me. I locked the doors and turned out all the lights. And immediately went to the break room to see if he had any updates for me. And he was gone! Not only that, but the back door was left wide open! Several of the girls also left. We can see that. What did you do then? I locked the back door and then came here. Mr. Wilcox, that coward. If the Martians don't get him, I will. What should we do? Shouldn't we get out of here? I agree. Uh, Ladies, ladies! Please be quiet and listen to me. We don't know where these... these invaders are. They could be anywhere by now, and if any one of us should leave and be seen, then not only do you put yourself at risk, but the rest of us as well. They will know we are here. Then what should we do? After all the other girls, and Mr. Wilcox. Mr. Wilcox and the other girls risked their lives and ours the moment they decided to leave. I think we are all safer here. There are no outside windows in this room, so no one or thing can see in here. Agnes locked all the doors and turned out all the lights that can be seen from outside. If they are in the area, hopefully the building looks abandoned and they pass us by. And if they come inside to, uh, see? Well, I say we don't make it easy for them. What do you mean? We barricade the doors, making it difficult for them to enter. But what about my folks? Yes, my mother will get worried. Ladies, the most important thing is to keep ourselves safe first. That is priority number one. Once that has been accomplished, then we focus on our families and the others. How do we do that? We make sure we have everything we need in here with us. What would you like us to do? Agnes and Faye. You two go to the break room. Unplug the radio and bring it in here. We can set it up in the corner. Agnes will continue to listen and update us as needed. How will she update us if we're all on the switchboard? While they are grabbing the radio, you and I will go to the locker room and roll in that big blackboard that's in there. The one we use for special announcements. That way, she can write any updates so we can report it to our callers. Once we are all set and have secured the doors, you are all welcome to call your homes to make sure everyone is okay. Any questions? No. Suppose not. None come to mind. Okay, then. Let's get moving. Well done, ladies. It looks like we have everything and should be set. Agnes, please take your seat at the radio. Here is some chalk to write anything you hear on the blackboard. Report anything about the movements of the invaders or what's being done about them. The more detail, the better. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. 
Grace, Faye, let's get back on the switchboard and do our best to keep people informed. Faye, please return to Station 23. Grace, Station 22 to assist. I'll take 25. Are we clear? What about calling our folks? Yes, of course. Uh, make it quick, please. One of you at a time. You can go first. Thank you. Let's get going. Operator, please hold. Your call, please. Ringing Emerson, 21154. I'm sorry, sir. All police lines are busy. Try back in 20 minutes. 7,000 men armed with rifles and machine guns pitted against the single fighting machine of the invaders from Mars. 120 known survivors. Yes, ma'am. That's what we're being told. We are not sure when a list of survivors will be announced. Please check back. The monster is now in control of the middle section of New Jersey and has effectively cut the state through its center. Sir, please calm yourself. We have no way of knowing if Newark has been affected by this attack. No reports have been given to us at this time. I'm sorry. We've received no reports from Somerset County. I'm afraid we don't have that information currently, ma'am. If you call us back later, hopefully we'll have more information. It hasn't been made clear if by center they mean Sussex to Cape May County or Warren to Hudson County. There is also Ocean to Salem County, you know. It just isn't clear. I'm sorry, the number you are calling, Mercer 98040, seems to be disconnected. Communication lines are down from Pennsylvania to the Atlantic Ocean. Railroad tracks are torn and service from New York to Philadelphia are discontinued. No mention of alternative means of transportation has been provided to us yet. I'm very sorry. I'm not sure about the train service to Boston. The bulletin only said New York to Philadelphia. I can try to connect you with the train station in your area if you like. Uh, please hold. We are aware that major roadways are jammed with people trying to flee the state. We are still waiting to be provided with alternate routes to use. Once we have them, we will be able to update everyone more effectively. Please be patient and call us back. Your call, please. Your call, please. Any luck? No. Every time I try calling, it's busy. Mother's usually talking to her sister in Connecticut around this time every week, so maybe that's what's happening. I'm sure that's it. You would think with all the panic out in the streets, they'd hear and learn what was happening. Oh, why? Our house is pretty secluded. The nearest neighbor's quite far down the road from us. Plus, if Father is listening to another station, then they may have no idea what's happening. Try not to worry. I'm sure they're all right. Yes, uh, I'm sure you're right. Oh, how about you? Any luck reaching your mother? Yes, thankfully. She knew nothing about it until I mentioned it. Really? Mother doesn't listen to the radio very often. What did she say when you told her? She said she was heading next door to our neighbors. They have a storm shelter where they're all going to hide out. That should keep them safe. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm so glad she's safe. If only... Oh, if only I could reach my mother to make sure she and father were okay. Try them again. I'm sure you'll get through. Thank you. I'm sure I will. I'll try them again in a little bit.
Ladies, I know you're all worried about your families, but there are still lines to answer. Please, get back on that switchboard. Um, sorry, Mrs. Taylor. Your call, please. Your call, please. Hello? This is the operator. Your call, please. Hello? Yes. How may I direct your call? Is, is this Trenton, New Jersey? Yes, it is. How may I help you? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was uh, listening to the radio, and they said that all the communication lines were down in New Jersey, and, and it was completely destroyed. I, I had to know for myself, so I figured I'd call and see if anyone would answer. I'm a bit confused uh, how you're speaking to me when everything's supposed to be gone. Well, you see, we've barricaded ourselves in and turned out all the lights to appear as if the building is abandoned. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So, it's true then? Sir? Uh, about the invasion um, from Mars? It appears so. Oh, this is crazy. I, never in a million years would I think this is possible, but, but it is. Yes. I heard a few moments ago that they're clear of New Jersey and believed to be headed towards New York. That's what we've been told. Uh, do you know anyone in New York? Only, only my mother. Would you like me to connect you with her to make sure she's all right? Oh, thank you. No, she uh, passed away a few years ago. Oh, I'm very sorry. Is there anyone you would like me to try to connect you with? No, there's, there's no one. I, I, I guess I'm... Just listening to the radio and hearing what's happening, I, I guess I just uh, didn't want to be alone. I understand. Do you understand? Why, yes, of course I do. Such horrible things going on and not knowing what is going to happen. No one wants to be going through this alone. If nothing else, they'd probably want to be with their loved ones. At least, I would. So... Will you stay on the line with me for a bit? Oh, well, you see, there are so many other callers, I... Please! I don't have anyone. Uh, like you said, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I only know I don't want to be alone. I'm not sure what I'll do if I am. Please? All right. I'll stay on the line with you. Oh, thanks. Of course. Have you heard or seen anything out there? No, sir. Like I said, we've barricaded in the switchboard room, and there's no windows to see in or out. Yeah, but you must have heard something. Uh, explosions of the heat rays they keep talking about. No, sir. We have our headsets on so we can listen to the callers. That and the continuous buzzers from the subscribers going off. I guess it drowns everything else out. Of course. That makes sense. But how are you getting all your information on what's happening, then? The radio. Same as everyone else. Oh, I see. I was hoping that you being the telephone company, you maybe you're getting a little bit more information from an outside source. I'm afraid not, sir. Um, uh, do you think you could stop calling me, sir? Maybe just call me by my name? Would you do that? Of course. What is your name? Uh, Richard. All right, Richard. Well, what do they call you? I mean, what's your name? My name is Faye. Oh, like the motion picture stuff, eh, Ray, right? Yes, I suppose that's right. Did you did you ever see that one picture? Uh, the one with the gorilla? No. Mother told me I was too young to see it, and it would cause me nightmares. Say, how old are you anyways? Eighteen. 
Eighteen? Why, you're just a kid. I am not a kid. I graduated high school and I'm working here, aren't I? Well, yeah, but... Well, what? How old are you? Twenty-two. Well, that's not much older than I am. Yeah, but you should be in college, shouldn't you? Why do you think I'm working? To save money to go. I plan to start next fall. Oh, well, that was the plan before tonight. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's true. I guess none of this matters now, does it? Um, you said your mother used to live in New York. Is that where you're from? Huh? Oh, yeah, uh, New York. Um, born and raised. Uh, what uh, about you? Uh, uh, were you born in New Jersey? Born and raised. Yeah, born and raised, yeah. Where do you live now? Oh, I uh, I live over the other side of the country now, uh, in Washington. Oh, in Seattle? My father's from there. Oh, I wish. No, I live almost two hours outside of Seattle. It's a small town uh, named Concrete. Concrete? <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> no one has, really. Like I said, it's a small town. Not much goings on in Concrete. Well, what made you move there? Well, after the Depression, there wasn't much work. Uh, we needed dough and a palamine, a herd of workers needed in concrete for, for the factory. So I packed up my things and left with him. That was four years ago. Does your friend still live there as well? No. Uh, he met a gal and got married. Uh, last I heard, they lived on a farm somewhere in Montana. I hope they know what's happening and are safe. Would you like me to call them for you? No. I don't know the number. Thanks all the same. Oh, just a moment, Richard. What is it? What's happening? I'm not sure. Agnes is updating the blackboard. Blackboard? Yes. We brought it in here before blocking the doors so Agnes could write down important information that we could share with our subscribers. Who's Agnes? Uh, she's the one listening to the radio and transcribing everything. Well, what is she writing? I mean, we were talking and I missed everything they were saying on the radio. Oh, please be patient. Her body's blocking the board while writing, so I can't see. Oh, there, she moved. Well, what did she write? Let me see. Oh. Well, what does it say? She wrote, Astronomers report continuous gas outburst in regular intervals on the planet Mars. I wonder what that means. Oh, I know exactly what that means. You do? What? It means more of them are coming. It won't be long now. They'll be here soon. You don't know that, Richard. Try and stay calm. Oh, who are you kidding, Faye? The broadcast just said they found another cylinder in the Jersey Swamp, and, and three Martians have been spotted in Virginia, and more are on their way. The militia? Gone. Wiped out. Our bomber pilots and their planes destroyed. I, if our weapons and army can't stop their heat rays and gas, then that's it. We're finished. Oh, try not to think about it. Don't think about it, she says. <laughs> that's, that's rich. How can I not? What is it, Richard? What happened? A bright flash outside of my window. First I thought it was a Martian, but it was just lightning and some thunder, that's all. Oh, now it's raining, too. Oh, I wish I had a car so I could get out of here if needed. Uh, hello? Are, are you still there? 
Faye? Yes, I'm here. Oh, I thought we got cut off. You were so quiet. Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking. About what? My folks. Oh, yeah, your folks. Of course you'd be thinking about them. Faye, I'm so sorry. This whole time you've been listening to me acting like a nut and doing everything you can to keep me calm and... I never even thought to ask you about them. I haven't been able to reach them since this all started. Every time I ring their number, the line is busy. Over and over and nothing but a busy signal. Is Mother on the phone? Is the receiver off the hook? I have no idea if they even know what's happening or if they are safe or even alive. Oh, of course they're alive. you got to believe they are. Uh, for all you know, they, they could be in their car at this very moment on their way to come get you. That's just it, Richard. I have my father's car. I used it to drive here tonight. We don't have any neighbors close by to where they could catch a ride to safety or hide out with. They have no way to escape if in danger. Oh, if I could just reach them to know that they are okay. Well, you should call them then. Go on and hang up with me and call your folks. I can't leave you alone. You said you don't know what you would do if you were alone. I told you I would stay on the line with you, remember? Yeah, but these are your folks. Most important people in your life. Me? I mean, I, I'm a nobody. A stranger. You owe me nothing, and you could have disconnected with me at any time. But you didn't. No, I didn't. Go on. Call them. I'll, I'll be all right. I'm not disconnecting with you. Mrs. Taylor said we had a job to do, and that's what I'm going to do. Faye, are you sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, anyways, uh, your folks are all right. I know they are. How do you know? Well, I mean, if your folks are half as smart as their daughter, then uh, they gotta be, right? I mean, they made you, didn't they? I bet once they heard the news, they did exactly what you did over there. They turned out all the lights and barricaded themselves in and are waiting patiently for the coast to be clear. You really think so? Oh, and I bet when they were moving things around, they bumped into the phone and the, and the handset fell off the receiver, just like you said. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're totally fine. Mark my words. You are very kind. Thing is, you try not to think about it. That's like you told me earlier. You're right. Let's talk about something else to get our minds off of it. Sure. Oh. The lightning again? Yeah, it's, it's getting closer. Oh, talk about an ill-fated timing for a thunderstorm. Um, so when you're not working at the factory, what do you do? For fun? Hmm? Fun? Oh, uh, yeah, like I said, there's not much happenings in concrete. I mean, there's a picture house and a place where you can go to get a drink, but it's not really my scene. I usually stay home and read, I guess. Oh? I like to read. Yeah? I bet you do. You seem like the type. Smart. Uh, kind of girl that uh, any guy would be lucky to be with. That's, uh, very kind of you to say. Oh. Um, so, so is there someone? Uh, a, a guy you're seeing, I mean. Oh. No. <laughs> there isn't anyone. Oh, I see. I mean, yeah, I know we're on opposite ends of the country and with everything that's going on, but but I'm glad to hear it. Are you? 
Well, yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? Uh, maybe if we get through all this, I could get on a bus or something and... Wait. What? Uh, Richard? Are you there? Hang on a second, Faye. There's someone speaking from the broadcast building in New York. I want to hear what he's reporting. Oh, uh, Agnes is writing frantically on the board, but she's blocking it again, and I can't see what she's writing. What is he saying? Oh, no. What is it? They said that our defenses, our army, air force, and artillery are completely wiped out. Oh, no. Martian cylinders are falling all over the country, he says. They've been spotted in Buffalo and Chicago, St. Louis. They'll be here soon. Richard, what are you going to do? you got to get away. Oh, no, Faye. I don't... What was that? What was what? I thought a bang, like an explosion. Like what? Richard? Are you there? Richard? Oh, no, please. No. No. Please. Please, no. It can't be. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Richard! Just sit there a moment, my dear. I'll be right back. Go on, Grace. As you were saying... There really isn't anything more, Mrs. Taylor. She said the gentleman she was talking to heard an explosion of some kind, and then the line went silent. Have you tried reconnecting with the exchange? Yes, Mrs. Taylor. The line is... dead. I see. Do you think the Martians got him? What else could it be? They've been seen landing across the country. It must be. To hear that over the line. Horrible. Yes. Well, thank you, Grace. Please return to the switchboard. I'll be back to assist momentarily. Agnes? Yes? I need you to come here. Right away, Mrs. Taylor. Your call, please. Miss Rogers, I think it would be best to give you a break from the switchboard. Just for a little while. But maybe... Maybe he'll call back. I have to be here when he calls back. I'm all right. Of course you are, my dear, but right now I need you to do as I say and take over for Agnes on the radio. Yes, Mrs. Taylor? I'm going to have you switch places with Miss Rogers. She's going to monitor the radio and transcribe everything, and you will tend to the switchboard. Do you understand? Yes, of course, Mrs. Taylor. Only, I haven't been on a switchboard in quite some time. Well, do your best. That's all anyone can ask for at this time. Now, Miss Rogers, I want you to go over to the radio and listen carefully what they are broadcasting. Anything you find to be important and informative to our customers, I want you to write it on the blackboard. Just as Agnes has been doing. Do you understand? But he may call back. 
he might. And if he does, we will let you know at once. Until then, I need you tuning in on what's happening. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. Good girl. Off you go. Agnes, go ahead and take over on Miss Rogers Station, Station 23. Yes, Mrs. Taylor. All right, ladies. Will she be all right? Yes, of course she will. Now, let's carry on and do whatever we can to help. Everyone, stay strong, I beg you. I smell something. It might be the gas. Help, help, I can't find my cat, Mr. Whisker. I think the Martians took him. Police! Police! Policia! Policia! I think they are on the roof of my house. Have you seen their heat rays? My wife just came in screaming. Something about an invasion. What's going on? Are they green? I heard they had six eyes. I heard that more than a hundred rocket ships have landed on Earth. Hurry up, Helen. Uh, uh, hello? I need you to get a message to my mother in Nevada. Her number is Cypress Canyon 02256. Tell her we're okay and taking shelter in the basement. I repeat. My neighbor thought he saw one of those those Martians and began shooting at it. It ended up being the water tower. I need an ambulance at once. We were running to safety and my wife fell. I think she broke her arm. Yes, hello? We keep hearing the sound of sirens going past our home. What is happening? I just saw something hovering over the Hollywood land sign. I think it's them. Have they been spotted in Kenosha? There's a series of flashing lights in the sky. Is that them? I think it's someone. I can't find my mother. Mother! This woman ran past me while I was walking my dog and yelling something about an invasion. Is it the Nazis? What do we do? 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 Is it true? 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 Yes. Uh, hello? We heard about the invasion over the radio. I'm gonna set my horses free. That way it'll be harder for them Martians to get them. I think I might need a doctor for Billy next door. His farm neighbor's mine and, and he just opened up his barn doors and let all his horses run free. I think he's gone mad. Police. Get me the police. A bunch of the fellas and I have our guns and we want to join the militia. 
What? Wiped out? Someone's outside my house trying to break in! They're here! The Martians! Ah! 2X2L calling CQ. 2X2L calling CQ. 2X2L calling CQ New York. Is there anyone on the air? Is there anyone on the air? Is there anyone? What happened? The buzzers. They stopped. Is it over? Has the world ended? I don't know. What was that? I heard it too. Quiet and listen. Someone's in the building. They are coming this way. Miss Rogers? Faye? Yes? Turn off the radio and get over here. What is it? Someone's in the building. Ladies, be quiet. Maybe if they don't hear us, they will leave. Oh, they're at the door. They're trying to get in. Stand behind me, ladies, and keep quiet for heaven's sake. They're trying to break in. What do we do? Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. The door! They're getting in! Amen. It's all right. Everything is all right. That's not a Martian. Who goes there? It's the police, ma'am. Is everyone okay? How many do you got in there with you? There are four of us. Everyone is okay. Who's in charge here? That would be me. Oh, may I have a moment, please? Of course, officer. Ladies, wait here. Well, what on earth? Oh. Yes? Hello? Richard? Yes, operator. Can you please try that Murray Hill 70093 number again for me? That was it. As quickly as it had begun, it ended. There were still a few calls here and there asking questions, but at least we had answers and could put the callers at ease. 
Do you remember what the officer said to Mrs. Taylor? Oh, yes. The officer explained that there was no invasion from Mars and that the world hadn't been destroyed. It was nothing more than a radio program on the air and apparently causing quite a panic among the listeners. I remember we just stood there staring at each other. We were so confused by what we were hearing that I don't think it really made sense to any of us. It seemed so real. How could we have been so fooled? How could anyone have been so fooled? Truly baffling. I can't even imagine. It must have been terrifying. So, what would you say to someone that claimed that the entire ordeal wasn't anything at all? What do you mean? Well, during our research, we came upon some articles that stated that the entire U.S. and maybe even parts of the world were fooled by the broadcast. Other articles suggest that most of the U.S. didn't even know it was happening. They were either on another station or weren't listening to the radio at all. What do you say to that? Well, I don't know anything about the impact it had on the United States, or even the world. But that night, in Trenton, New Jersey, it had everyone fooled and panicking for our lives. I bet it did. So, walk me through what happened after the officer left you all. Well, we cleaned everything up and had it looking as it had before the entire ordeal started. A short time later, the night crew came in for their shift, and we were sent home. Some of the girls had heard about it and joked, but most had no clue as to what had happened. How was it when you got home? Did your parents know about it? I remember walking into the house, and my father was sitting in his chair the same way he did every night, reading the paper and smoking his pipe, Behind him in the next room, Mother was setting the dining room table. Watching them, it occurred to me that neither one of them had any idea of what had happened. I was suddenly hit with the overwhelming sensation of everything that I had just gone through and the realization that, had it been real, they might not be there. I wouldn't have had the chance to see them or tell them that I loved them. It became too much. I fell to my knees and began wailing. What did your parents do when you started crying? They both ran over to me and lifted me off the floor and held me. I was crying so hard, they couldn't even make out a single word I was trying to say. I, I remember my mother running her hands repeatedly through my hair. My father kept repeating that everything was all right. After a while, it seemed to calm me and I was able to tell them what had happened. What was their reaction? Oh, they were in utter shock. They never had a clue. I was never quite sure they fully believed me until they read about it in the papers the next day. So then, what was the deal with their phone? I beg your pardon? All those times you tried calling and the line was busy. Oh, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit it. But what seemed to me like hours upon hours was, in reality, only 30 to 35 minutes. Oh, of course. It's funny what one's imagination does to someone when faced with fear. In my case, I lost all track of time. Mother always spent around an hour on the phone with her sister, which was why I couldn't get through. Well, that explains that. <laughs> Were you... Dreading returning to work the next day? 
Oh, very much so. I practically begged Mother to let me quit, but she reminded me why I was working, to help the family and get myself into college. She then made a really good point that even I couldn't argue with. What was that? That I survived an invasion from Mars my first night on the job. How could it possibly ever be worse? (laughs) (laughs) That is an excellent point. She was right, of course. So, I returned the next night. Were there any changes at work in the days that followed the broadcast? New policies or changes to handling situations like, uh, like... An invasion? (laughs) Yes, like an invasion. Anything like that? Not that I can remember, no. I will tell you, though, Mr. Wilcox was let go shortly after. Oh, really? For abandoning you all? I think that was the final straw. The girls told me of other rumors, but I never knew if they were true or not. Did you like the next boss that came along? Oh, very much. As a matter of fact, Mrs. Taylor was promoted to be our new boss, first woman to ever run a central office. Well, at least in New Jersey. That's fantastic! Way to go, Mrs. T! What about the other girls you work with? Did any of them quit after that? No, but Grace became chief operator, and Agnes was offered the chance to become a telephone operator. But she liked working at the front desk, so she remained there. And you stayed a telephone operator? Yes, I did, for five years. What made you leave? My husband, Richard, and I wanted to start a family. We had two beautiful daughters together. That's great. Two daughters... Wait, Richard? Like, Richard, Richard? The the telephone guy, Richard? Concrete Washington, Richard? (laughs) Yes, Concrete Washington, Richard. Okay, hold the press. My mind is completely blown right now. How did all this happen? Faye, explain yourself, please. Over the next few days, I tried several times to reach him on the phone, but his line was still disconnected. On the third day, his number was live again, but still, no one ever picked up and it would just ring. Around the fifth day, I became nervous that something had happened to him. What were you thinking happened? Oh, there were stories in the papers about people taking their own lives out of fear of the invasion. I think later those stories were proven false. But at the time, I had no idea. Of course. One night, about a week after the radio scare, I was leaving work when a voice called out to me asking if I was Faye. I guess he asked several of the girls coming and going if they were me, but at long last, he had it correct. And it was Richard? It was Richard. He told me that during the lightning storm, a tree branch, he believes, got hit by lightning, and landed on a transformer, causing it to explode and causing a power failure, and apparently also knocked out all the telephone lines. What? Once he found out about the transformer, along with the fact that the world wasn't being invaded, he had no way to reach me. So the next day, he bought a bus ticket and came to New Jersey to find me. He said he wanted to take me to see the gorilla movie. And did he? Finally get to take you to see it? (laughs) Yes, he did. So, then did he just pack up his stuff and move to New Jersey? Yes. He quickly found a job, and we dated formally while I was going to college. And shortly after graduation, 
he and I got married. It will be 56 years next March. That is incredible. What a plot twist. To think that one of the most horrifying nights of your life would result in 56 years of happiness. That's amazing. Oh, oh, we should interview him. Get the story of that night from his point of view. That would be so good. Robin, do you think we have time? Oh, I'm afraid not. What? Why? He passed away seven years ago. Oh, Faye, I'm so sorry. That's all right. We had a wonderful life together. The strange thing is, he never liked to speak about that night. Refused, actually. Any time I would try to bring it up, he always became upset. Out of respect, I never asked again. I suppose it affected him differently than others. I guess I can see how it would. Like you said, everyone reacts differently to things. Yes, they do. Faye, thank you so much for coming here today and telling us your amazing story. We were shocked to learn that you lived in the same city. So glad that you were able to drive in here today instead of recording this over the phone. It, it never sounds clear. Truly, this has been a real treat, and I can't speak on Robin's behalf, but this is going to be by far my favorite episode to date. And I mean that. You were wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time today. You know something? Back in 1938 when it happened, it was such a horrifying night. And when it ended, we were all so exhausted. But to look back on it 60 years later and relive it, I realize it was also quite a fun night as well. Thank you so much for letting me reminisce about it with you. Would you do it all over again if you could? That night? In a heartbeat. That's amazing. It truly was. Was there anything else you wanted to know? Uh, no. You have been absolutely wonderful. Thank you, dear. You did say it was going to air on the 30th. Is that correct? Yes. I'm not sure about the time yet. They usually air our segment between 10.15 and 10.30, but I will have Robin call you shortly before so you can tune in. Wonderful. I would appreciate that. Oh, no. It's our pleasure. I'm going to have Robin walk you to your car. Oh, that's okay. I remember my way, but thank you. Are you sure? I really don't mind. Yes, I'm sure. Thank you, dear. Well, goodbye. I look forward to hearing your show. Goodbye. Thank you again, Faye. Bye. That's an amazing woman. <sighs> Absolutely, she is. What's next? Uh, let's take lunch and then dive right into it. Sounds good. It's your turn to buy, by the way. What? Are you sure? Yes, I bought yesterday. Fine. Sushi? That's what we had yesterday. And that's exactly why you're my producer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Orson Welles. I'm only fooling, of course. This is Matthew P. Warner, author and director of tonight's performance you've just been listening to. 
wanting to take a quick moment to assure our listening audiences at home that this little play of ours was nothing more than it was ever intended to be. A fictitious story loosely based on the terrifying events of that October evening back in 1938. For those of you who have never had the pleasure of listening to the War of the Worlds broadcast as performed by the Mercury Theatre on the Air, we highly recommend that you do. It is often highly regarded as one of the most popular radio shows of that era and in the history of audio drama. And we at Audio Imagination 77 Productions believe that without its mere existence that this media that we love and cherish would not be what it is today. A special thank you to my amazing cast and a reminder that the characters' names are fictitious and any similarities to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. And now, before I leave, again I wish to thank you for tuning in. And until we can return to the microphone to hopefully entertain you with one of our strange tales, I will remain faithfully yours. Good night. Alicia Hansen was on loan from Eternal Future Productions and can be currently heard as Sailor in Pirateers, Cambium in Venture, and as Maid Marian in the upcoming Robin Hood Rising to Honor. This is Audio Imagination 77 Productions. You have just been listening to Operator, written, produced, and directed by Matthew P. Warner. Starring in tonight's cast were Alicia Hansen as Faye Rogers, Annie D. Martino as Mrs. Taylor, Logan Warner as Agnes Grant, and Liv Johansson as Grace Stewart. Also featured in the cast were Marsha Warner as Faye Rogers when older, Seamus C. Smith as Jack Ellis, Josephine Cessna as Robin, Tiffany Reek as DJ Rebecca Randalls, Sarah Klein as Jean, and Matthew Warner as Richard and Mr. Wilcox. All radio announcements in the program were voiced by Ryan Duke and Austin Simmons. Other voices appearing in this production were Jonathan Cook, Ilfa Mwindi, Aaron Humphreys, Allison McGrath, Wendy Warner, Keith Hansen, Austin Simmons, Michaela Warner, Bob Resig, Ashley Humphreys, Dennis Warner, Eric Hansen, Sabriel Humphreys, Malia McGrath, Chloe Warner, Josh Pettit, Kevin Huff, and Katie Sewell. Opening title and end credits were voiced by Ilva Windy. All recording, sound effects, and editing of Operator was engineered by Audio Imagination 77. Musical composition and performance by Matthew P. Warner. Cover art and poster design by Josh Pettit, with technical support by Gabe DiMartino. This has been an Audio Imagination 77 production. I want to thank Matthew P. Warner for sharing his original radio play operator with us today.
Many people have re-performed the original War of the Worlds broadcast, but no one has ever created an original work of art about that broadcast in audio form. Can you believe that? In 85 years, Matthew Warner is the very first person to take this on in a different way. And what about your listening? Were you able to hear my voice during that production? Remember, you can win an original show poster by sending in a line that I said in this production. Just email bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. And if you didn't pick it up on the first go, I'll give you a clue. I was one of the many frightened callers that called in during a montage. And another important thing to remember as the year ends, don't forget to send a gift to your favorite independent audio creators. We don't have foundations behind us generating money. We don't have grant writers. What we do have is a commitment to the craft. What we do have is a commitment to showing up for you. And what we also have is you, our listeners. So maybe you are willing to forego a cup of coffee this winter to help the bittersweet life start 2024 on a good financial footing. Your donation is the greatest holiday gift that we can imagine. It not only helps us pay the big annual bills that are coming up in January, we experience it as the highest of compliments. If you love this show, if you really love this show, let us know by sending a donation. There are links to donate in the show notes or at thebittersweetlife.net. And if you want to tip Matthew P. Warner for creating that independent, painstakingly researched and executed play, feel free to earmark your donation as a gift and a thank you to him. All right. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.